Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Baddie Podcast, where I like to talk about real estate, entrepreneurship, and business. And I am your host, Tabitha Richardson. And today I have a guest, Latoya Washington. Welcome to the podcast, Latoya. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So, um, Latoya, it looks like we both got the memo on what to wear today. Black turtlenecks. We did not plan this. I promise you we did not plan this. But obviously, today it's a black turtleneck kind of day. So, Latoya, tell me, are we talking about real estate? Are we talking about business today? What are we talking about? Who knows? Um, I dabble in both. Um, so real estate is my full time, um, and I also am a business consultant. So I'll jump into both like. of those, right? Okay. So yeah. tell me about real estate. How long have you been in real estate? So I've been in real estate now for seven years. I started off um, my real estate career in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, seven years ago got into this industry because I was in nursing and I was never home. I was always the one who took that extra shift, worked the doubles, and I had three kids. So needed to make sure that I was present more and not always sleep. So are you from Florida? I, no. So I am a former military spouse. Um, my husband is now retired army. And so our last duty station was in Florida. Wow. So you went from Florida to Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> so Virginia is where I was born and raised. I left here when I was 18, and I just returned back three years ago. All right. I do miss Florida. I was just going to ask you, like, if, if you had to choose which one, which one? Florida all day because <laughs> I love the warmth. I love the vibe and the energy in Florida. Um, it's just, I'm a water baby. So I need to be around the ocean. I get it. I, I want to I wanna <laughs> retire to Florida. Florida or maybe Texas. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but so. No, Texas does have some great real estate out there. I know. They're coming up. They, you know what? Oh. I considered moving there maybe 10 years ago. About 10 years mm -hmm. ago, I considered moving there. The prices of houses were like, ooh, I like this. But now yes. looking, I'm like, uh, is this still Texas? <laughs> Property values have gone up everywhere. Everywhere, though. That is the biggest key is that it's everywhere. Prices have went up. Today's price is not yesterday's price. It's all up. And it's this. So I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. So what do you okay. think is going to happen with the real estate market moving forward? This is everyone's question. Everybody is waiting for this big crash and there's not going to be a crash. There's not going to be a crash. Our economy is at a different um, time than where we were back in 2008 when we seen, you know, the housing market and the economy take a huge dive. Um, so it's, it's economics. If we look at economics and we see how the country is moving, mm -hmm. um, we are able to, you know, see what's going to happen in real estate. They kind of go hand in hand, um, supply and demand. 
So right now, I mean, yes, interest rates went super low, which brought a lot of buyers into the market, um, but we don't have enough inventory. And that's all over. I mean, so the inventory is what caused prices to go up. Absolutely. When you have a little bit of houses, but you have a ton of buyers, it's like, okay, well, I'm willing to pay this because I'm going to be here for 10 years and I'll be yep. able to make that money back on my investment. So I see the market um, balancing back out. It will become a neutral market, but I don't see that happening for about a year. Okay. Okay. So back to, um, you said you got into real estate about seven years ago and uh -huh. you were a nurse and you were never home. So are you home a lot now as a realtor? <laughs> no, but the difference is my kids can go with me now. <laughs> So I am not home um, as much. I actually um, have been able with entrepreneurship to introduce my kids to so many different things and it's been a blessing. Um, my daughter this year, well, last year, she opened up a selfie museum here in Richmond. She was the first central, you know, first selfie museum in central Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so my youngest son, he is 11 and he goes with me to like my showings and he'll help me whenever I need to get a listing prepared. Yes. Um, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. I remember. My daughter goes with me to showings. Um, she is interested in getting in real estate. Um, I also am an investor. So with me doing fix and flips, I'm able to take them and show them different things. They get to pick out the different uh, fixtures and what colors the house is going to be. I'm sure they have in. fun with that. Now, fix and flip. So with the fix yes. and flip, I know some investors are just finding it hard to find properties that they can fix and flip. Are you finding it hard? Or do you, first of all, do you just do Virginia? I am currently just doing Virginia. I have not started going out of state yet. Okay. So are you finding it hard finding properties to um, fix up, like finding it at the right price? Um, honestly, no, because um, most of the properties that I'm finding are on market. And what I need people to understand is just because you see a property listed on the MLS, which is the multiple listing service, or if you see it on Zillow or Realtor.com, that is what the seller is asking for the property. That's not necessarily what you have to pay for the property. So for me as an investor, it's all about just submitting offers, knowing my numbers, knowing that each one of these properties is a business for me. It's not something that I get emotionally attached to. So if the numbers don't make sense, I'm not investing. I know what my maximum offer is, and so I don't go past that. Well, if it doesn't work for the seller, then we just keep moving on. Well, that's an important point, point because it sounds like you're a mature investor. I know new investors that come into the market, they are emotionally attached to it. They're putting in, you know, um, fixtures and finishes that they would like and not necessarily yeah. what's for the market. And then, you know, it's just like a snowball effect of, it's not going to work out in the end. So as a mature investor, it sounds like you definitely understand, hey, this is my my top number. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm about to move on to the next one. So that's interesting. So before we actually hit record, 
we were talking about a lot of things that you do in um, the real estate and in the business. Some of the things that you mentioned was uh, you started a team. So what made you decide to go from a solo agent to a team structure? Um, honestly, I didn't get a chance to really decide. <laughs> um, I am an, a trainer by just who I am, my nature. So I've always poured into other agents because I know how it was for me when I first got started in real estate, um, just wanting to be able to be successful in the industry. And so the top producing agents, I would look up to them and you know always try and get access to them, but they wouldn't be available. Like some of them just would not let you get close unless you were on their team. And so I was like, I never want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I want to pour into people. And so I started off with a mentorship program. Um, and so I help uh, new agents as well as realtors that are existing that just have not been able to get a scalable business and be able to actually be producing. And so with my mentorship program, it's called the Badass Realtor Mentorship Program. Um, it's a 12-week program, and I take them from point A to point B to help them just be able to go from reading contracts, negotiating skills, marketing, um, just everything so that they can actually get out here and produce. So with that, I started getting agents that said, hey, can I be on your team? And I was like, I don't have a team. And they were like, well, how about you start a team so that we can be a part of it? Because people really need you. And so I decided to um, start a team last year um, towards the last quarter. Mm -hmm. I started a team. And so now my team is a team of three. And I've onboarded two more just in the past two weeks. Congratulations. So how many people did you take yeah. through your program? Um, through my mentorship program, so far, it's been five. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Is that something that you're thinking about expanding? So it takes a lot of time out of my day, <laughs> and I'm still a producer and active realtor. So um, definitely, I do plan to expand it, but it's going to be a course. So I'm going to have an introductory course that will come out. Um, where any agent can be able to get the information right there, hands on, on demand when they need it. And if they do need that, you know, just one-on-one -on -one support, then they would be able to sign up for a one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentorship. Awesome. After they take the course, though. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I have a course that um, I actually have a couple of courses out. So sounds like we probably need to talk. Yes. <laughs> So tell me a little bit more about like what you're doing, what you're doing in, you know, the community. Tell us a little bit more about what, what's going on with LaToya. So LaToya's world, um, what I do for the community, I volunteer with Habitat for Humanity, often um, with some other agents as well. Um, I also sit on the board of trustees for the RPAC, which is the Realtor Political Action Committee. So I do a lot of lobbying for realtors to be able to, you know, keep us rolling in this thing because we are entrepreneurs. Um, so, you know, we're talking about healthcare, we're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the different taxes, we're talking about our commission. 
So just being an advocate for realtors and not being, you know, just on the sideline complaining about it, but actually participating. Mm -hmm. um, and I also am in the community when it comes to investing. I am like flipping properties in neighborhoods that I actually grew up in. And it wasn't super easy for my mom at that time. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to go back and build, you know, homes in that area and improve the communities. It's been really, really heartwarming. Um, and then I also work with agents that are not performing right now and to be able to see them go from non-producing to actually being able to close, you know, six, seven, eight deals. I'm like, yes, it's, <laughs> win it. It's definitely a rewarding um, feeling to help someone, to know that you're helping them feed their families, you know, put money in their pockets for investments or, you know, whatever they choose to do. So I completely understand that from a broker perspective, um, helping other people, because ultimately in this world, that's what it's all about. It's not just about, you know, what you could do for yourself, but what you could do for other people. So I um, definitely applaud you for all of the efforts that you're making in your community. Now, you mentioned two things. Habit, habitat um, for Humanity, and I've done that before as well in the past, and that was also rewarding. But what was scary was they're like, all right, let me just show you how to use this machine, and you're just going to do this, take all that wood and start cutting. And I was like, uh, you're leaving me here by myself with this? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, yeah, just do that, and then put all of those right there. And we're like, okay. But it was really fun. We learned a lot. Yes. Right. I'm like, I don't need like a certificate or anything to be, you know, like, you sure you want me to do this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. So um, I definitely encourage anyone to go out and um, help out because they, they're always looking for volunteers and it's fun. And then you can drive by and see the house that you help put together. So that's awesome. Now, the other thing that you mentioned was about the commission. So that's like a hot topic right now um, that some people don't want to see agents get paid. You know, the big thing is like on the seller side that they don't want to pay buyer agents. Um, they just want to be responsible for paying their agents. What do you think about that argument that's going on right now? So this is a very hot topic, as you stated. Um, when it comes to a realtor and their commission, I understand how sellers may feel as though this should be split amongst each side. However, I look at it as if I have an item that I am looking to sell and someone brings me a buyer, I'm compensating them for it because I did not find that buyer on my own. I would not have been able you know, to do the negotiating, the contracts, you know, everything it is that we as realtors do. And so I understand how sellers can feel like it's unfair, but at the same time, they have to look at it as we are professionals. You know, this is nothing that isn't um, the same as if you were in a hospital and we're talking about the doctor and we're talking about the nurse and the nurse's assistant. Like when you're paying those medical bills, you're paying all these people's salaries. 
So kind of the same thing, you know, you just have to look at it differently and um, just go from there, you know, just trying to see what really makes sense. So what do you think is going to happen if, say, this does go through and it's like sellers are like, yes, I only have to pay, you know, my agent. How do you think that's going to affect the industry for realtors, for buyers? That's a great question. <laughs> so as far as how it would affect the industry, I think that um, a lot of people will get creative. Because right now with our buyers, they already are trying to finance a home. And then they're also having to save money for down payment. And then they're having to save money for closing costs. So they have all these additional fees that they're paying. And when you think about it on the sell side, the biggest fee that a seller has right now is the commission. Um, when they go to sell their home, they don't have a lot of fees that they're paying. Yes, they have some taxes, uh, attorney fees, you know, pay for title and things like that. But other than that, they don't have fees. Those fees are very minor compared to what a buyer has to go through to be able to purchase their home. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what it would do to the industry if it changed. I honestly don't see it changing. So I guess I haven't looked at it as if, what if the industry does change it up? And the a, buyers have to go there's a huge shift. Um, we're starting to see it in um, agents negotiating lower commissions, so lower commissions on the buyer side. Um, I've seen 1%. I've seen 2%. 2% is not as, you know, um, rare as the 1%. But I do see it going in that direction. Um, and for agents, if you primarily work with buyers, yeah, it's, it's going to be that tough. How do you ask a buyer to pay? Like, all right, well, yeah. you're going to have to pay me 3%. There. And I also see it negatively impacting people that don't have a lot of money. Because if you can't yeah. afford to pay an agent and then you, you're using the agent on the other side, then you're not being represented. And yeah. If you're working with a lot of first-time homebuyers, you know that they're not familiar with this process. So um, I think we'll have a, a huge negative impact on our industry if if the powers that be see that through and, and, and make yeah. that happen. So um, I know that is one of the biggest things that we're lobbying for here in Virginia um, for our realtors. So I'm not not sure how it is in other states right now and what you all are seeing um, here in our market currently. I do know that buyers are negotiating their commissions per se, but the sellers to me are doing more of the negotiating of the commissions um, on the sell side because they know that in advance, like I already have to pay 6%. So they're asking sellers, hey, would you take two and a half and we pay 3% to them or 2% on the sell side and we'll give 3% to the buyer still so that they can get to like five and a half to 5%. I haven't seen it to where it's down to 1%. I guess our, our realtors here are probably like, yeah, I'm not working for that. 
here, here either in Maryland, they're not either. But I did see one one time that said one percent. I was like, wow, like is this where we're going now? So I don't know. I'll continue to watch to see what happens, but it will it will affect a lot of people if that change goes into effect. It will affect a lot of realtors because they probably they'll be a lot of people that will drop out of the real estate industry because they won't be able to afford to survive. Um, And something that people don't realize or don't think about is, yes, they're getting these percentages, but realtors have to pay their own taxes, you know, insurance and, you know, healthcare, things like that. So there's a lot of expenses that goes into, you know, Getting your commission. There's a lot that goes into it because we, at the end of the day, if you look at it, we are an advocate for buyers or sellers. We are the ones that are there to help with negotiation. We are the ones there to keep deals on the table. We're the ones with the resources, you know, to be able to connect you, whether you need home inspectors, lenders, whatever the case may be, we're there to basically help you understand the contracts, understand, you know, how title is going to work. Yeah, the seller doesn't care about any of that, though. Like, they don't care. Like, they're, they're not. not seeing that stuff. But they, they're it's, only it's thinking about their side. Like you know how you can look at an attorney and you're like, oh, I got to pay them a retainer, and then they're going to represent me. Same thing with the realtor. You're paying, but we're representing you for your best interest and your protection at the end of the day. So that's that's going to be a huge effect to the industry if the commission structure changes. Let's hope, let's hope it right, doesn't. It's take a lot of out. Let's hope it doesn't. It let's really hope it doesn't. So tell me what's next for you. <sighs> what's next for me? I am um, currently I'm an instructor as well. So I teach the pre licensure course for Virginia, the state of Virginia. So what's next for me is I am currently building out an office um, where my team will be able to work out of my contractors that I have for investment. They will be able to work out of there as well. Um, And it'll allow my agents to be able to be right there to talk to a contractor or my sellers if they need it. So like a one-stop shop type place. One-stop shop. I am looking to grow and expand I am with EXP Realty, so the great thing about that is that I, you know, I have a brokerage, but without a brokerage um, liabilities. So it allows me to be able to grow, and I, I like that. So the next thing for me is just growing my team further and expanding my office to where it would be a one-stop shop resource for my clients. Wonderful. How many agents um, are you looking to grow to? Right now, this is just me. I'm saying I don't want no more than 20 at the time. Um, Talk to me later. I'll probably change that. (laughs) Okay. You might change it up or down. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Okay. Well, awesome. I I really look forward to see what you do in um, the real estate industry and with your career and all of the wonderful things that you're doing. Um, I, I'm sure that you're going to kill it. And I'm sure that your team is going to kill it. So is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I appreciate you having me today. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity. 
and just getting a chance to chat with you. You are so badass and awesome. And I was like, to have this conversation with you. So definitely we'll have to come back and talk if the rules and laws change up. Absolutely, absolutely. And you keep fighting for us, fighting for our commission over there with RPAC, because I do have that little contribution when I pay my board dues every year to contribute to RPAC. So it's nice to know that there's somebody actually over there fighting for, you know, laws for us. And that's what I hope that if any other realtors hear this, um, definitely, definitely contribute to your RPAC because we are fighting for you. I sit on the legislative committee as well as the board of trustees for RPAC, and we are lobbying. Every general assembly, we're there every day. Um, we take into consideration, you know, what you guys feed into us, and then whatever we um, we raise, you know, locally, your RPAC is raising money. But then it also goes to the national level. So we're also working on the national. So how does someone level. join if they wanted to join? If they want to join, get with your local association and you would just ask them to volunteer. You can volunteer on any of the committees. They're always looking for people to come out um, and just give information because we're the ones in the field. Mm -hmm. So it affects us most. Um, So definitely just get with your local association and talk to them and you can definitely get on to a committee or get into the board of trustees. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing all of the great things. I'm going to check in on you next year to see how, how much you have grown your, your, your brokerage within a brokerage, your team. Yes. And my real estate portfolio should go up. So absolutely. Yes, out. absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. All right. Bye-bye.